Signature Require podcast. I am Miss Brittany Renee, and this is where we talk about your purpose, entrepreneurship, wearing your name proud, and everything in between. Today, we have my handsome fiance, Mr. Cole Eric Riley, on the show with us. How y'all doing today? And we will be talking about transitioning from a professional athlete into entrepreneurship today. So let's just hop right on into it. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, um, what sports you played, going in from high school into college and professionally, just kind of give us a little bit of background. I'm from Mississippi, you know, um, I went to George County High, then left George County, went to Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. Left Gulf Coast and went to Mississippi State, then went to Tampa Bay. My time at Tampa Bay was short. So, like, coming from the country, you know, you don't too much get, them in a ch- get too many chances to be successful. Mm. So, coming out of high school, I didn't have the grades to go D1. Okay. So, I had to go to a JUCO. Okay. And that was, that was the hardest thing I ever could done, like, go to a JUCO. Because I didn't want to go to a junior college. Cause I was way better than players that went to junior college. Right. But then know like some of the players that I played with was in the same situation I was in. There was big time players too on the Gulf Coast. Mm. So I went to Gulf Coast. I played um, first. Year I played basketball, baseball, and football. Okay. So me doing all three, I'm saying that's too much on me. Like playing, like being in college, I couldn't, I couldn't really enjoy my college life. Mm-hmm. So I quit um, baseball, quit basketball, and then stuck with football. Okay. So I ended up being like an All American in football at Gulf Coast. No number one player in the state, like no assist in the nation. And um, left Mississippi Gulf Coast and went to Mississippi State. But the best story on that, I also went to o- Oklahoma State. Okay. So even these even these folks that I that I grew up with, I was best friends with their son. Okay. So they were big time Mississippi State people. Mm-hmm. So for me to like to pay them back for all the stuff that they done for me and my mom and my family, because they they always was there for my family mm-hmm. and always there for me. Mm-hmm. So for me like paying them back, I went to Mississippi State. And that's like the worst thing I could have ever done, going to a college that I didn't want to go to. Mm. But the big turnout was I met a lot of good friends at Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. That's what the big output of it. I met a lot of good people that went to Mississippi State. The football program wasn't all that good, mm. but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. With the Mississippi State, and had like the worst career of my life. Mm. Played with like six quarterbacks, and it was it was terrible. Played with a coach that was. Really like Uncle Tom, mm. so that was like that was like the worst. The football career was like it was it was terrible. So let's kind of tap into that a little bit. So um, you were supposed to go to Oklahoma State, yeah. and you ended up going to Mississippi State, just feeling like you owed a family that did things for you and your family mm-hmm. that because they were. Alumni, is that yeah, what you're saying? Yeah, Mississippi State alumni. Okay, and you ended up having, you said, the worst career of your life. My life. Of going there, do you think that that was because um, it wasn't like the best fit for you, or do you think it was because you didn't really want to go there, or was it just kind of a lot of things mixed together? Well, I didn't, I didn't want to go there at all, mm-hmm. and with me, I'm a, I'm a wide receiver. I was a big time wide receiver, so. The system that I come from, I come from like a passing offense. Mm-hmm. So when I went to Mississippi State, they already had their players that they wanted on the big screen. Mm-hmm. 
mm. not knocking them, but that's what they want. They wanted certain players to, get, to do certain stuff and get the ball. So I went to like a run-run pass offense. Mm-hmm. Then playing with Coach Kroon, it wasn't it wasn't easy playing with Coach Kroon at all. Mm. Coach Kroon was set in his ways. He was old-fashioned, set in his ways, and for some reason he he didn't really like me. Okay. So. Okay. Going to Mississippi State didn't have the best career, but you made the best of it because you mentioned that you still got a chance to go professionally to the NFL. Yeah. So how did that work? What was the transition from going from Mississippi State to, did you say Tampa Bay? Tampa Bay. To Tampa Bay. So the transition was like um, played two years at Mississippi State. Okay. Zero touchdowns, probably like 300 yards. Probably like fifteen recession. It was it was terrible. So I knew I knew this. Um, I played against this coach in um in junior college that coached at East East Central Community College, mm-hmm. and he was a Tampa Bay um Buccaneer. He was a scout for Tampa Bay. Okay. So he remembered me from JUCO. So I had a good pro day, and everybody at Mississippi State was surprised because I had a, I had a good pro day. Mm-hmm. I was a baller from the jump. Mm-hmm. I just didn't get the ball. I just didn't play that much because of the system and the coach. Right. So. This coach uh, for East Mississippi, um, he like, um, I'm going to bring you in. He said, if, I, if we don't drop you in the seventh round, we'll go bring you in as a free agent. Mm-hmm. So he brought me in as a free agent with Temple Bay. I went to Temple Bay back when Josh Freeman then went. Mm-hmm. Um, we was in training camp. You know, um, we was in shell. Shells mean like you in your shorts and your shirts, and you're not, you're not full gear. Okay. So the morning was I – had, I had a good practice that morning. The second day I came back out, I went up for a fade ball in shells, and when, when I caught the ball, I went down on a cornerback foot mm-hmm. and um, t- um, tore my Achilles. Mm-hmm. It probably took me probably like 45 minutes to get to the locker room from off the ground. And by the time I got to the locker room, I had my plane ticket printed out on my locker. Whoa. Because being, being a free agent, you're you just, you just a number. Wow. So that was like, that was the anyway, I was I was torn pieces, mm. and knowing football is all you know, mm-hmm. it was kind of hard to transition to something else, because right. football is all you know. So I was sitting there counting on football for the past three years after that, mm. gaining weight and just sitting around, not working, not doing nothing. So it was it was it was hard. It was hard. Yeah. Let's let's kind of tap into that, right? So. Um, a lot of athletes, you know, it's, it's their dream to play professionally. And if you grow up playing football, basketball, that's kind of all you know. And then you take a hit for the worse, right? Mm-hmm. And now you have to figure out what's next because everybody's dream pretty much is to go to the NFL, although that's not always the case, right? So how was that transition for you getting hurt and then you said three years. It took you three years to kind of accept that football was over, yeah. right? Um, what things went through your mind or um, what things do you think you wish you would have done a little bit different maybe in your college days or your college career that could have helped with this transition from getting hurt into now having to find a job or you know doing something next. I wish I would um I wish I would have finished school. Mm. That's the main thing. I'm a, I'm a semester short for getting my um degree. Okay. 
So I would great not even get my degree. I would great leaving school early to go train for the NFL. Mm. And didn't really know I had a chance to even get drafted. I knew from the jump that I had no chance to get drafted, so I should have stayed in the school and finished mm. school up. Mm. And a lot of players, what they do, they, they leave school early and they get hurt or something happened. You got to go back to school. Mm-hmm. And some people don't go back to school. Some people just sit around and don't have nothing to do after football. Mm. That's why a lot of guys, like, I tell everybody, like, if you go leave school early, you need to be leaving for some meals. Mm. If you're not leaving for no meals, you need you need to finish. Because mm-hmm. life after football, you know, once, you, once you're done with football, don't nobody care about you no more. Mm. So one, as long as you play football, they care about you. Mm-hmm. You get hurt and do anything else, they don't they don't care about you. Because when I, when I got hurt, I couldn't even go back to anybody and say, like, I need help. You know, there was everybody was gone. Everybody was riding on his horse. Like, okay, Kofi to get drafted, or Kofi to go to the NFL, or Kofi got a shot with Tampa Bay. So, when that ain't happen, I lost half of my friends. I lost half of everybody. Really? Yeah, it was it was it was crazy. So wow. I wish I wish I would I wish I would have finished school. Mm. That's why I, I regret my finish school. So, one day I'm gonna finish school. One day. Mhm. Mhm. Mm-hmm. What um, what was your biggest inspiration? You know, while you were playing sports, like what 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 was your love about football for? Where did it come from? Well, growing up in the country, you don't have no choice but to like play football, basketball, baseball. So you st- you stay out in the yard all day. Mm-hmm. So we we, we weren't allowed to sit in the house. Mm-hmm. And I grew up with a big family, and from the neighborhood that I'm from, it's a, it was a lot of kids. So that's what we done. Like in the morning time, we play ball in the morning till the street lights come on. Mm-hmm. Someday when the streets like come on, we still out there playing ball. So I just grew up playing ball, and, and that's all. That's all we had. That's all we had to do in the country. It's, it's nothing really to do in the country. But mm-hmm. play ball. You play ball. You sell drugs, or you dead. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing. And I chose to play ball. Mm-hmm. And plenty of time I could have went left and doing the stuff that my homeboy them were doing. Mm-hmm. I thought about it, but my dad was on my butt all the time. Mm-hmm. And one thing my dad told me like, if you do drugs, son, or you do this, you can't play sports. And he knew I love sports. Mm-hmm. So they always stuck in my head. Mm. So every time I see somebody going left, I'm going right. I've never been a follower. Mm-hmm. i always been a leader. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm in the position that I'm in now. Mm. So let's talk about your transition from, you know, going through that transitional phase of three years, right, of just trying to figure it out, and then going into entrepreneurship. So did you work other jobs? When did you accept, like, I have to go – get a job or I got to, you know, now transition into that. And then how did you transition from that into entrepreneurship? Well, I figured I had to get a job when, you know, I had my daughter, Mariah. Mm. And I'm like, well, I can't play Baltimore, so I need to get a job. Mm. So when I finally got a job, you know, I walked, I got my first job in uh, Norfolk Groomer Shipyard. So I'm walking to the shipyard and you, and you, you hear people say like, that's that dude, Corey Rodney, she play ball. Mm. And I always walk by like I'm here, you know. Mm. And it was so, it was so like embarrassing. So like, because I told myself I never work at a shipyard. Mm. I never go to Gulf Coast. Mm. So you got to be careful what you say out your out your tongue. Mm. So that's powerful. It was it was it was different walking to a, a construction site or walking to the shipyard mm-hmm. and working for pennies. Mm-hmm. You might you might have an eight hundred dollar check, but when they take out everything out, you got a three hundred dollar check, mm. and then you got to feed your family. Mm-hmm. So I did that for a minute. It wasn't. It, it, it wasn't it. I tried a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Tried selling drugs. That didn't work. 
Mm-hmm. It wasn't me. Mm-hmm. Going out of town, working at different jobs, that, that wasn't me. Mm-hmm. So one day I told myself, I'm finna go, go to Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And I was tired. I was tired of everybody. I couldn't get ahead for nothing in the world. Mm-hmm. So I pet, I pet my bag. I, I had a, um, a Mississippi State duffel bag. Mm-hmm. And I told, I, and I had a cousin that stayed in Vegas. I told him, like, man, I'm finna come to Vegas. I'm finna come to Vegas. And I say, man, Mississippi, it ain't it. Ain't it. Mm-hmm. I don't have no luck. I don't keep on getting dealt. So I said, I'm finna move to Las Vegas. So pack my bags up, move to Las Vegas, met you, and the rest were history. <laughs> so thank you for yeah. everything. I really appreciate that. Of course. For changing my life, for changing my kids' life, for changing my family life, and for changing people's life around me. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm always love you for that. Well, I love you too. Um, and entrepreneurship is not easy, no, right? It's not, it's not easy at all. So jump, jumping into like um, sports, playing sports, working construction, and then jumping into entrepreneurship—it was—it was—it's different. Because mm-hmm. I'm—I'm really not—I'm a people person, but I'm—I'm I'm, I'm shy too, though. Mm-hmm. So being in this field that we in now, you know, you gotta—you gotta talk to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So I had, to, I had to learn to talk to people. I had to learn to like stop blowing up on people, like. Sometimes listen instead of talking so much. Mm-hmm. So all this stuff, I've been doing it for four years now, and it still seems like it's new to me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. good, good, good thing I got. I got a strong fiance behind me to teach me different stuff that I didn't know about it, mm-hmm. and like lead me through situation and prepping me through situation that you know that I gain now that I'm successful with now. So if you could tell a young man who comes from the same background as yourself or you know may come from the country or may come from a smaller a smaller city or maybe a smaller state right that may not have the same opportunities of someone who's coming from a bigger state or a place where um, AAU basketball is big or you know traveling sports are really big Um, what would you what type of advice would you give to them um, if they were a big time athlete had a lot of scholarship potential, um, but may get hurt. Right? What would you tell an athlete? Um, what kind of advice would you give them? I tell them, you know, just stay focused on on your goal and and keep going. It's, mm-hmm. it's not how you start; it's how you finish. Mm-hmm. And like, you never know what your life will be twenty years from now or ten years from now. Mm-hmm. So you always give yourself a five year goal. Mm-hmm. Every five years, you should get yourself a five-year goal, a ten-year goal, a twenty-year goal, like where you want to be in life. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I didn't have nobody teaching me that at all. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't have role models, mm-hmm. nothing, nothing like that. Mm-hmm. I had an uncle, Uncle Rudez. He he always he always worked all the time, but he did the best at like prepping us in it, prepping us like y'all need to do, do do this or y'all need to do that. And I thought like, dang, Uncle Rudez always on our head all the time about stuff. Mm-hmm. But he was telling us the right stuff, mm-hmm. and I appreciate him for doing that. But like for for the young people that are coming out now, you know, just keep your Keep your keep your head on the on the straight line. Mm-hmm. Everything else gonna be there when you get there, mm-hmm. and never give up on your dreams. Mm-hmm. You know, it don't it don't matter how you start, and you just gotta finish. Mm-hmm. Everything else, you know, everything else gonna happen itself. Mm-hmm. And just keep on going, don't give up, and just know, keep God in your life, keep praying. Mm-hmm. That's the advice that I give. Mm-hmm. What is your biggest takeaway from uh, your life's journey this far? in entrepreneurship what you mean about takeaway so you know you you are in a different position now right and 
you come from a place that's very small you have endured a lot of different things on you know your journey with going to a school that you didn't really want to go to you had an opportunity and a scholarship to go to another school but you know you chose to go there for various reasons and you know now you're in a better situation that you've ever been in right but that still comes with challenges through entrepreneurship so what would be your biggest takeaway thus far on your journey all the way up to now and when I say takeaway like what will you kind of hold dear to you that will be able to get you to another level that you're looking forward to just just being just being true to yourself Mm. being true to yourself being true to the person that you that's close to your life been there for you when you didn't have nothing Mm. it's just it's just a lot yeah yeah that that, that was that was a tough question for me to answer okay um and that's okay right so we may not have all the answers right and we're on the signature required podcast which um, goes back to you know what is your purpose and wearing your name proud and we definitely have to end with that because you know your purpose is tied back to you and who you are right and so with you saying that that is a, a tough question sometimes we don't have the answers to everything and in life we're going to continue to learn yeah. right we're going to continue to grow we're going to continue to evolve and if we're not something's absolutely wrong right um but what is your purpose what is your purpose um in life now my purpose in life is like you know being a being a good husband one day being a leader for my household mm-hmm. being a good father to my kids mm-hmm. helping other kids out that don't have a father figure that they need like a, a big brother role or a daddy role mm-hmm. my purpose in life is like making sure making sure I'm doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Making sure you don't have no fake stuff going on in your life. Mm-hmm. And getting close to God. That's my purpose, and getting close to God. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to be the person that people say, like, every time I talk to Cole, I see Cole, Cole got the same attitude. Uh, Cole was this person at one time, now he's the person now. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of inbox of people, like, where I'm proud of what you're doing now, because I know, I know where you come from. Mm-hmm. So my purpose is, like, making other people's life better, better than I have. Man, that's a great purpose, and and that takes a lot of wisdom, right? And a lot of praying and making sure that you are always standing in integrity, and that um, you be that leader that you want to be. Because a lot of people are always looking in, and we never know who's looking at us, right? Um, so that's just super important that you make sure that you align yourself with your purpose. And I believe that as we continue to evolve and grow, um, we also have to be mindful of the company that we keep and the people that we keep around us. Always. Right, because you want to just make sure that um, you are feeding feeding your soul what it needs to be fed to get the results that you want. So tell people how they can find you, um, what you got going on. Um, I like that signature require hat. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I got, you know, I got to rock baby stuff now. Y'all <laughs> need to get this signature required now. But you can find me on, on Instagram at um, Coeric Riley on 15, or you can find me on Facebook at Coeric Riley. So that's mm-hmm. the only social media that I got. Mm-hmm. And I know that you um, you have a nonprofit um, helping young men. Yeah. Can you kind of touch on that and, you know, what your mission is for that? 
my mission is to like go to city to city and help kids that have trauma or help kids that's going through stuff like mental health. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's me going back and talk to them and putting their mindset and everything on a different level and letting them know like you don't have to do drugs, you don't have to do alcohol, you don't have to sell drugs. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be in the streets. Like I just wanna what what my plan is to put my arm around every kid city to city mm -hmm. and let them know it's better things in life to do drugs and alcohol. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, guys, this is our time. I am your host, uh, Ms. Brittany Renee. I'm a personal development coach and author, a mental health advocate. Um, and we are going to conclude our time here with Mr. Riley. Uh, but you can find me at BrittanyRenee.com, uh, BrittanyRenee247 on Instagram. And you can pick up your merch for Signature Required at Signature Required. Dot com. Stay tuned for our next episode. And thank you so much for coming on the Signature Required thank you, baby. podcast. Thank you. Love you. I love you too.